This is Super Yacht Radio. And welcome to Super Yacht Radio. We're taking a little bit of a giving separate direction from our normal playlist, which is mainly chill out music and, and contemporary. And we're going towards the opera scale. And with, with me today, I have Bronwyn Harding, who's a director of Rogue Opera. Bronwyn, welcome to Super Yacht Radio. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on air with you. And it's a real pleasure to be with you because I, even though we play mainly chill out and contemporary music, I am a lover of opera. Um, if, if I had a voice, that would be my chosen path. But I don't. Oh. And <laughs> what a loss for the opera world. <laughs> uh, what a loss. I mean, that warms my heart. I just love meeting people who uh, love opera as much as I do. Uh, but one of my missions is also to try and introduce opera to new audiences. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one of the reasons I set up Rogue Opera a couple of years ago. And uh, actually, COVID has been a silver lining in that it um, spurred me to set up an online platform to really reach as many people as possible, which, as I said, has always been one of my, my dreams is to introduce as many people as possible to the joys of opera. It's it's a brilliant concept, but I, I, I do love the fact that it wasn't just a COVID response, um, but however that really had the, yeah, and, and it's good that I think we should find silver linings in what has been a very dark cloud over the world for the last year. A little bit about yourself, uh, Bronwyn, you're, you're an opera singer as well? I am an opera singer, yes. Uh, I also spent uh, quite a while having a career as an events and marketing manager. So when I was about five years old, I'm from Australia, if anyone can spot the accent. So five just years old. In, just a hint. Just a hint. Just a hint. I've been in the UK now for over 20 years, but I'm still holding firm to the, uh, the Aussie accent. But at five years old, I declared that I wanted to be an opera singer and I had a very musical... At five, yes, my, oh. my parents listened to a lot of classical music, so I really grew up um, just listening to all the, the wonderful, great oh. singers singing all this amazing music, and my parents were also very um, lucky to be able to take me to productions that came to Adelaide, so it was definitely right. something that I got in, introduced to and, and fell in love with very Gosh. young. At five, I didn't even know what Lego set I wanted for Christmas, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm always very impressed with people who at a very young age actually know mm. the direction they want to go in. Yeah. Well, the direction took a bit of a, a, a turn, you know, off that path. Um, so, you know, it's just a thrill really to be now back where I was, where I thought I might be when I was five. Uh, but as I said, I spent a long time sort of in the corporate world working in events and marketing. And I always kept singing on the side. It was always a passion for me, but I didn't pursue it initially as a professional career. And in a way that stood me in very good stead uh, when I came to set up Rogue Opera because I was able to bring my event and marketing yeah. and business experience to the creative world and uh, you know I did a whole period of retraining about sort of eight ten years ago when I really decided that I wanted to get back to that five-year-old dream and during that process of retraining I could see that there were lots of wonderful companies out there particularly in, in the UK and Europe, small companies that have great creative ideas, but perhaps might be missing some of that business and events background. So, you know, I saw an opportunity for me anyway to bring those two skill sets together. It's a great synergy. I have this image of a little five-year-old girl with her doll set around her and this board in front of her going, okay, first I'll do events and marketing, and then I'll move into opera. Let's just strategize the whole thing out. Um, <laughs> Uh, yes, I have a picture of me when I'm about that age, and I have a very determined expression on my face. So I think, you know, maybe I didn't have the clarity, but I've certainly always had the determina determination. 
So Rogue Opera, you, you set up this, uh, how long ago, five years ago? Yes, uh, about three years ago, so end of 2017, we incorporated the company and then our first production was um, in 2018. And the company is designed to be able to bring bespoke productions uh, to new spaces and audiences. And to do that, we've designed uh, things to be very um, flexible and very compact. So if you went to the Royal Opera House or any of the great big opera houses and theatres around the world, you'd expect to see a production with a full orchestra and a, a big cast of a chorus and, and, and that kind of thing. But uh, for Rogue Opera, we, as I said, make that compact and we will produce full-length operas or bespoke opera productions with, say, six to eight uh, main professional singers, uh, one or two instruments and a set and a um, staging that can really be adapted to lots of different spaces. So in a way, we're kind of like a travelling troupe uh, that we can be on tour. We can come into, say, a hotel or, a, or an unusual event space and create a world uh, and draw people into that world of opera anywhere. So uh, that's, where, I guess, where the rogue idea came from, is taking it out of the theatre, out of the normal setting and being able to sort of pop up anywhere uh, to present, um, you know, these fabulous stories and character and music. And even though it's a different experience from being in front of a full orchestra in a, in a staged uh, theatre, it's still a, a fantastic operatic experience because you have the power of the professional voices, you have the characters and the stories and, and usually we would be in venues that were perhaps, I don't know, 100 to 300 people. So the impact of, of that being up close and personal uh, more than makes up for not having, you know, the full orchestra. Mm. Oh, guerrilla opera. Yes, in a way. <laughs> um, and I like that because it, it sounds... Good. You know, traditional opera, I know when it comes to, to Dublin or any of the cities I've lived in, if you want to go and see it, you, you've, you've got to either know somebody who knows it's coming and you, and you book you know, months or years in advance. I mean, that they're not easy to get tickets for an opera. Mm, um, that's right. And this sounds like you're, you're making it accessible to, let's we'll move on to the online side, but, but originally you're making it accessible to the masses, if I may use that term. Yes, and you know, I think there are people who feel that perhaps it's inaccessible, perhaps you know, they need a certain amount of knowledge or a certain amount of um, money to be able to come and see it. And so it's really without compromising on the quality and the excitement of the productions, but yes, make it accessible to people who perhaps, you know, either by ge geography or circumstance couldn't go and see something in a big main theatre. Yeah, I remember um, I was very lucky many, many years ago, uh, Pavarotti was doing a tour of Europe. Mm. And I was in London, and I thought, Pavarotti, I like Pavarotti, um, I'll go and see him. And I couldn't get tickets, so I thought, okay, he's in France, I'll try France. Okay, I'll now try Holland. And, mm. I, and I, I went through about five or six different countries on his tour. Eventually, I managed to get tickets in Antwerp. Wow. I was very Great. fortunate, they were right over the stage. Uh, but it wasn't easy. And this was mm. as soon as the, the opera was announced. Um, that's the lengths I had to go to. It, it isn't excess, and as you say, it's also financially, it can be painful for a lot of people. Mm. Yeah. Um, exactly. But Rogue Opera now is is online. That's right. So obviously, this year has been a disaster for almost everybody, mm. but particularly for events and and hospitality. Yeah, so it's sort of the 
and artists, you know, um, a lot of artists are freelance, you know, my, my singers and professional musicians at the moment, we do work on a project by project basis. I had big plans that by year five, we'd have more of a repertory troupe where we'd be able to employ people, you know, sort of for a, at least half a year or so, but we weren't quite at that stage, which also meant we weren't a, um, we weren't able to access any of the sort of support funding and, and individual artists. Most people, as I said, are freelance. So, you know, it's just been a terrible year for, mm. for people. And, you know, the work that we did have in the pipeline, which was a combination of theatre shows and also some great corporate uh, and private event bookings, which is where, you know, we really specialise in bringing a bespoke event to life for a client. Uh, all of that sort of went out the window as well. And so uh, the online idea really initially came in the first lockdown where I just wanted to have some kind of presence, wanted to be doing something because if I wasn't doing something, I, I may have just, you know, ate all the chocolate and drank all the wine. and <laughs> COVID kilos. <laughs> COVID kilos, yeah. Uh, and, you know, really try and support all of those freelancers that I work with regularly in some way. And so the first uh, iteration, I guess, of the online VIP pass platform was very much just going out publicly on our website, on Facebook, on YouTube. And we did a weekly live stream show and uh, during that phase we asked for donations from people if they were able to support in any way then we were still paying our artists to come and be part of this uh, live stream experience um, but we didn't sort of have any direct income from it and that uh, was was great you know as I said it gave me something to do it gave my artists a little bit of work it gave everyone something to be working towards and, and pin on and you know we also got a fantastic response that people were obviously very hungry for contact and entertainment because theatre were closed everything was closed so we did that uh, for three months actually during that sort of first lockdown and uh, as well as you know being a great experience and doing all those things it also enabled me to do a lot of sort of product and technical testing um, you know normally you do that behind closed doors we did it live in public but uh, it's also a great way to learn very quickly from yep. your mistakes <laughs> best way to wash your laundry is out in the open yeah, that's right. So by the end of that sort of three months, then I was fairly confident that I'd, I'd started to develop something that I thought could become more permanent and, and bigger and better. And so we took six weeks off and built a whole membership platform and then started uh, the show, the live shows again and the content creation again at the end of August, which is where we now have, you know, a proper product, which is the Robot Pro VIP Pass. And that's a membership subscription service so that we're offering people live shows every week. We're offering bring them uh, great on-demand content so there's lots of individual performances of arias and duets and ensembles and then we also have interviews with people from across the industry uh, so we've had lots of great you know really sort of top-notch professional people give their time for sort of interview interviews and it's you know for, again fulfilling my desire to give people who perhaps aren't quite as familiar uh, a bridge into opera where not only do they get to hear and see some great performances but they also get to get some insights of all the behind the scenes and the types of people who you know involved in this great industry and, and it's not just arias and and bespoke bits you do full operas as well you notice carmen was up there uh, carmen yeah so carmen's one of the productions that we have in um real life we do don't have that available as live streamers yet. Yeah. So one of the projects that I will be doing next year is getting the full operas on. But uh, one of the technical um, learning curves that we got to was that actually to present a full opera online uh, is is very 
challenging and uh, you know so there are there are other platforms that offer that uh, there's great I think Medici TV um, there's Opera Vision which is a European wide uh, broadcaster and they stream productions from big opera houses where it's essentially like a, a live stream of a, of a full production so that's something we will add to the the canon uh, next year and we'll also keep experimenting on how we can bring things sort of in a different way virtually but for the moment uh, it's it's more of that dipping into you know the, the greatest hits as it were I'm, 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 you know, the, the, the name of your production company is uh, Rogue Opera but there's nothing at all rogue about the quality of your production I, I saw some videos of it and it's an extremely high quality the costumes are fantastic the the artist the voice I mean it is a very professional uh, visually and, and um, sound-wise uh, production. I really have to applaud you and the artists. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I'm, I, I'm, I love the fact that I know it's there now for my own personal use. Fantastic. Um, um, I, I think it's great. Uh, um, geographically, where do you find your biggest audiences? Mm. So we are growing, I guess, from our, our home turf, which is the UK. Uh, so the, naturally that has been the sort of the starting point, but we're starting to see audiences come in from across Europe. Uh, I've got family in Australia, obviously, and friends in Australia, so that's a sort of a, a blip on the geographic map. But one of the other great but things about being... they have to listen, don't they? They have to listen, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call them fans, but really they're family. Uh, so, yeah, but actually that brilliant... Uh, Thing about being online is that you know you could watch from anywhere in the world and uh, we have the live stream show at the moment goes out at 1 p.m. GMT on a Friday afternoon uh, but you could watch that on catch-up at any point so I'm really interested in, in expanding that audience and, and reaching other other geographic areas it, as well. Is Australia that I mean you know so, uh, people think of I don't know people my age think crocodile don't deal whatever but um, which is probably the last thing you want to hear, but um, I don't think there's anywhere else in the world that's known for its opera house. You got mm. Sydney, and and you know it's a landmark. You say Sydney Opera House, everybody knows what it is. They might know what opera is, but they know. is it a big opera country uh, continent? Uh, that's yeah, it's a really interesting um, point actually because people who are you know, familiar with opera would be able to name another couple of opera houses, but you're absolutely right. It's just such a national icon. Um, and um, interestingly, though, and, you know, I'm probably doing myself down in trying to promote. Anyway, the fact is uh, <laughs> what they do in terms of all their productions and experiences throughout the whole year, opera is, is actually quite a small percentage of that, okay. unfortunately. So the, the Opera House um, building has a number of different uh, performance theatres that got a concert hall, they've got the opera theatre, uh, they have sort of a lot of event spaces, so I, I can't remember what the statistics are, but, you know, it is actually a smaller percentage of what goes on there is opera. Uh, but, you know, having said that, I think, you know, there's an, a huge number of amazing opera singers that come out of Australia, you know, people who come over to Europe or go to, to the United States uh, who've trained in Australia, uh, usually very well um, received, well renowned. So there's a there's a good tradition of educating people in music across lots of genres, but particular opera. Uh, I think it's probably similar to, as you said, in Dublin, the operas that are presented there often, you know, are sold out very quickly because they don't have a huge amount available. Uh, I think uh, the volume of things that go on around Europe and the UK, they'd definitely be more happening here, but then it's proportional to the population. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, it's probably 
reasonably well known, um, but again, it's well known in, in, in amongst a certain age and class of people. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's certainly room for a rogue opera expansion into Australia to, to get it out to the masses, as you said. Yeah. The rogue, I mean, outside of the online stuff, uh, do you see, you see yourself touring? Is, that, is it the kind of thing that you could bring around Europe and, and go touring the world? Absolutely, yes. And as I said, you know, we've designed the productions to be very compact for that reason. Um, and, you know, without compromising on the quality, thank you for your excellent review of that. I'm really pleased that that comes across because it's important to us to be accessible um, and to be combat, compact and to be able to be flexible without compromising that. So, yes, absolutely. Um, touring to Europe was on the cards for this year, unfortunately on hold again. Uh, other places in the world, you know, it really just comes down to sort of budget and, and uh, accessibility. But one of the sort of business targets that I have is certainly to pursue opportunities with um, organisations or private individuals sort of in places uh, perhaps outside of Europe, even you know places like Dubai, uh, where I know they are very hungry for this kind of cultural experience, uh, and something that really? Rogue Opera could very easily deliver. Yes. Oh, well, just imagine the Emiratis going for opera, but uh, the, yeah, I suppose so. They're very cultured people, mm. um, and from the online perspective, because you know, there's been a huge shift with the COVID experience uh, to all of them. Not that you're, you're Zoomed, but a lot of Zoom stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Increasingly, the amount of companies we've spoken to have gone the webinar thing and or changed their strategies to include that kind of video stuff. A lot of them have found that this is actually a great new platform for them. And after COVID, they're saying, yeah, you know what? We're going to keep this model. Mm. Um, I'm presuming and I'm hoping that after COVID, this inspiration that you got from COVID will continue and that you'll build on it. Um, is that your strategy or? Absolutely, yes. And, and I think that's where I got to after the first initial three months of the sort of live streaming and, and washing my laundry in public was that, uh, you know, there was really something here that was exciting for me as a business owner, exciting for me as an artist. Uh, and the platform we've set up is, is scaled to be able to grow exponentially. Uh, and as we expand, then we can start doing more interesting things in terms of, uh, you know, going into different spaces and creating content uh, specifically for online and also exploring the hybrid event uh, path, which has become one of those buzzwords, I think, of this year where, mm. you know, you could offer a, an in-person experience but also have it uh, available as a video or a live stream as well. So that kind of um, thing is, is something we'll definitely keep as part of our, our offering. Well, and You'll have to have a podcast version as well. Yes, the podcast version as well. I have thought because the, the live stream shows in their current format uh, are a kind of curated journey through uh, two or three to four top uh, hits, as I said, of opera each week. And uh, myself and my music director, Guy Murgatroyd, give the audience a little bit of insight into the characters, into the story, into the music. So, you know, there's actually quite a lot of chat that goes in on in between the music, uh, which, you know, could work well as a podcast. Well, I, I really think so because... You know, a lot of people go and see operas, and I, indeed I, I did as well, uh, because they like the sound. Mm. Um, if you're fortunate enough to go and see a, a proper production of an opera, and I have to include your, your uh, productions in this, it's not just the sound, it's also the theatrics. It's the costumes, it's the dancing, it's, it's 
it's like a combination sometimes of, of ballet, of opera, and the costumes. You know, it's a very immersive experience. But so often, a huge amount is lost because I'm sitting there not knowing what the hell they're talking about. Mm. You know, my Italian is not up to scratch, and it, you know, it makes no sense. So mm. while I enjoy all the other stuff, there's a big percentage that I, I lose on because I, I just can't understand why he sounds like he's crying or whatever. Mm. What I've found later in life was actually if you read up on what you're about to see, get mm. the story and understand it. You don't have to know the words, but you understand the story. Then that emotional side that opera you know, brings out, mm. you, you get so much more. It becomes a 100% rich experience. And I, and I think that would be valuable in, in podcasts that you could actually listen to and mm. you know, on your way to the theater. Yeah. Down on what, what's Carmen about? Really? They kill themselves? I love yeah. that actually <laughs> on your website. It really kind of, it was like a, uh, not a punch in the face, more of a slap, gentle. Mm. Uh, when I went onto the, there's a page there with Carmen. Mm. I think the, the first statement is two sailors kill themselves or something. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. okay. This is going to be a cheery read. <laughs> I love that bold statement that's straight out there. But I do think yeah. it's great value in in that kind of thing of, of this is what this opera is actually about mm. and, and get the story behind it so that when people do see the opera or listen to the opera, then they understand what's going on. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. It gives, it gives people that, that depth of experience that I guess they feel perhaps they lack and therefore that's one of the barriers for people going and seeing a production. You know, I obviously know Carmen Inside Out because I've performed it and I've seen it many times, but for someone coming Beautiful to it new, it's a fantastic opera and, and you know you can as you said just go and enjoy the music and enjoy the spectacle but uh what i love to bring out for people and, and this is what we spend a lot of time doing on the the live stream shows and i'm now very intrigued about podcasting i'll be researching how i can transform into a podcast immediately after this call uh just just to burst your bubble this yes of a podcast Okay, great. Well, I'm already doing number one. It's done. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well, that's that's a very easy transition. Uh, but yes, you know, it's it's important to you know, it's the same as Shakespeare. The reason Shakespeare still survives after all this time is because the stories and the characters and the human conditions that are examined in a Shakespeare uh, play or poem are so relatable and so universal. Really, you know, you can adapt those stories to lots of different scenarios, but the core human emotion. And the core human tragedy and struggle and, and triumph is is what makes people come back again and again and opera has just as much of that if not more and so when you can give people that background uh, it just helps as you said to enhance their yeah, experience when they do finally get to see either a full production or even hear you know often you'll hear a lot of opera that you you know on an ad or on the radio or uh, in a film and then if you knew some of the story behind it it would perhaps give you another level of insight into to why that piece of music has been picked for that particular scene in a film, for example, or maybe they've just picked it because it sounds pretty. But you know, there are so many layers to explore. It's you know, it's really exciting to me to be able to share that with people. And, and it was lovely seeing William Shakespeare back in the news all last week. Mm. <laughs> oh, I missed that. What was? <laughs> you, oh, you didn't. You didn't read about William Shakespeare last week. I did not. I'm afraid I have been oh. immersed in getting my live show off the ground every week. So. <laughs> And you say you're a lady of culture and you're not a I do, I do, I'm not.
So, I mean, I, I reference him willy-nilly when I'm talking, but I, I need, obviously, to keep reading about him as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, he was the first man in England to get the COVID injection. Oh, of course, I remember that now, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I wish I'd wagered you on that one. Yeah, yeah. You could have made, made a good bet on that one. <laughs> uh, darn. Um, could have got a free VIP pass there. Yes. Uh, how have the artists taken it? There's a, lot uh, so, of Puritans. a lot of Puritans out there would go, oh, this is not the medium. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, anytime there's a change to an, uh, something that's been around for, for many, many years, there's always um, people who adopt it very easily and people who, um, you know, are reluctant to do so. And again, in a way, it's a silver lining, I think, of COVID in that um, people really have had to... Um, decide that they will at least try to uh, either as a consumer or either as, a, as an audience member try to experience you know the things they'd normally go and see in person give it a go uh, being online and for the performers uh, absolutely you know for myself included it's it's a big change to what we would normally do it's a very different it has been a very different experience um getting together with a group of your colleagues on a stage with you know the the lights and the set and the scenery and the uh, audience there in the same room as you you know we're all very experienced at that and, and that's a synergy that is fantastic and it's a synergy that we can't wait to get back to um even though the vocal production i guess is the same but when you're performing to a camera there are lots of other things that we've all had to learn very quickly uh to just adapt to and you know one of those is the sound technology that that we've had to you know spend a lot of time learning from people and, and tweaking and making sure that we can present a really high quality uh, sound through this online platform but in terms of the performers ourselves you know I'm, I don't know if you can can see but um, this is my home studio here and so it's a reasonably compact room there's a microphone there which normally is an opera singer, you'd never have a microphone anywhere near you. Um, and even though it doesn't change what you actually physically do, it's just a very different environment that performers and artists, it feels yeah. different. Um, so it's like putting on a slightly, you know, strangely fitting piece of clothing when you're used to wearing a very comfortable piece of clothing. And only so, on the you know, <laughs> only on the weekends, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I'm so grateful for all of you know all of the artists in Rogue Opera who've who've been so willing to come on this journey with us because it is something you know that's a little bit in, intimidating suddenly going to almost back to square one in some senses of, of your professional performing life um, and then also just generally all around the world you know the outpouring of creativity and adaptation and innovation that has happened across the board from all kinds of artists you know whether you're a, an actor or a dancer or a musician or a singer you know everybody and I guess that's what artists in their soul are you know sort of good at doing is is digging deep and finding a way for the show to go on and yeah, it's yeah. you know again it's just been in this terrible terrible year for artists and there are there are unfortunately many people whose careers perhaps won't recover mm. um i really hope they do but everybody has been trying and adapting and, and that's just you know really really great yeah now i've, I've seen you know, from opera down to busking um mm. I don't mean that in a vertical, but more of a horizontal mm -hmm. way. Um, it's it's really you know, we all talk about tourism, and mm -hmm. we forget about those who depend on a live audience um, mm -hmm. to to make their way through. Uh, brilliant work, uh, absolutely brilliant. I, I love what you're doing. Uh, certainly, looking forward to signing up for your next opera. Thank you. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to? 
uh, talk to your audience about before we? Well, I guess just to, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure to, to speak oh. to you and, and to the audience. And I guess, you know, following on from your, your question just then, if, if people sort of think, well, actually, um, it's not for me, I only want to go to a live event, you know, maybe just give us a chance. You know, it's not something that will ever replace in-person live events, but it's certainly something we're really proud of. And it would be great if people yeah. just dipped their toes in and had a little look. I, I'm, I'm very much a live event person. Um, but I, you know, I see what you do, and it doesn't mean you have to give up on live events. Exactly, you can, you can embrace both. And on, mm. a, you know, um, there's many occasions that you don't have to stop live. You you just mm. have to embrace the new as well. And I think it's fantastic. Mm. And I know, you know, during lockdown, um, I'm sure it brings much joy to many people, and it keeps artists employed as well, which I mean. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, so if people are interested, um, they can just Google me at Rogue Opera, R-O-G-U-E-O-P-R-A, um, or look at www.rogueopera.co.uk. And you will find them. Or if you can't get all that, drop us a line here at Superior Radio. <coughs> Excuse me. Nearly made of that coffee. <laughs> <coughs> or if you don't have a pen with you, just drop us a line here at Superyacht Radio and we will guide you on your way to Rogue Opera. Bronwyn Harding, thank you so much and well done. Thank you, Dave. It's been a pleasure. You're listening to Superyacht Radio. You're listening to Superyacht Radio. Radio.